Hi, and welcome back to the LES study session. You're here for episode 64 uh, with your host, Mark Roberts. And uh, today we're going to continue with the theme that we began yesterday with looking at differences in spiritual visions or accounts. Now, this comes from the Come, Follow Me uh, study, which is found in July the 29th to August 4th, Acts 22 to 28, a minister and a witness. And we are talking about, as I mentioned, the differences between the three accounts of the Paul's vision to Jesus, of, of Jesus Christ. Now, if you didn't quite catch uh, episode 63 yesterday, yesterday, firstly, I suggest you listen to that podcast because I go through in detail um, the differences between the Acts 9 vision of, um, of Paul, uh, of the Saviour, which is kind of a chronological historical account of it. Then we have Acts, the Acts 22 account, which is uh, when Paul relates this vision and experience to those that are trying to imprison him. And then we go to Acts 26, where he's retelling this account to um, King Agrippa. And there are many differences, as mentioned yesterday. One thing which I forgot to mention, uh, which I do want to kind of bring up back now, is that I think that here as well, when you look at the Acts 22 and Acts 26, there is development in Paul and spiritual development. And so, of course, his understanding of this vision has changed over that time as well, which is another reason why there may be some different focus, um, different focuses on different things in that uh, account to King Agrippa. One in particular, I did mention that um, Paul doesn't mention the fact that he loses his sight, that he meets Ananias and has that sight restored. And that was quite a huge variation from the other two accounts uh, when he was talking to King Agrippa. But there is a very interesting uh, phrase that he uses in verse 18, which I did I did read, but I didn't make reference to and I meant to, but I'm going to do, do so now. He said, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, which I think is a very, very interesting metaphor to use from Paul at this point. Because, of course, in his actual experience of this, he did physically lose his sight. And he might be understanding at this stage that actually that was him kind of going through that experience and um, understanding a, a spiritual need for people to go through a opening of their eyes, similar to him having a physical opening of his eyes, that he needed to help others spiritually open those eyes. And I think that that's quite an interesting lesson that he may well have learnt by this point later in his ministry. So anyway, um, today I wanted to focus uh, on another spiritual witness or account which does have multiple retellings and has some slight some variations between them, uh, how it may well explain certain things in those visions. Now, I am referring to the first vision. The first vision, as we know, has about we think five. If I'm if I'm think if I'm remembering right, five different retellings um, from when Joseph Smith uh, stated that he uh, saw the first vision. Now, I am kind of drawing on something which I read a couple of years ago, and so things may have changed since then, but I am pretty certain that uh, if you read particularly the Gospel Topics essay, uh, there is actually a Gospel Topics essay in the Gospel Library about this, uh, this, this topic, this topic, sorry, other to use a better word than that. Um, so I do recommend that if you haven't read that, that you do go and read that now, because really... Um, that is the best place to go. There is also a uh, an article which I'll share in the show notes by Book of Mormon Central, which again uh, is a few years old, a couple of years old now actually. Um, it was given on January the twentieth, two thousand and seventeen. Um, but um, 
you know, I think it will be pretty, pretty useful to you to read that as well. So I'm going to uh, leave that in the show notes as well. Um, these various accounts, interestingly, uh, they make this statement, make Joseph Smith's vision the best documented theophany or vision of God in history. And when studied together, they can enhance a person's understanding of that foundational event. So it's interesting that, yes, the Joseph Smith's first vision is one of the most well-documented kind of spiritual experiences that we have. Uh, and there are many things that we can learn from it as we study the, the various um, account accounts that are given. Now, of course, Book of Mormon Central don't claim to speak for the church, but there is something that they say that which is very important uh, in this article. Quote, prophets, including Alma and Joseph Smith, spoke and wrote their, about their experiences on multiple occasions in different ways. In the cases of both Alma and Joseph Smith, this was because they were writing about the experience to different audiences at different points in their lives. And then, as Welch noted, referring to Alma, the three accounts consistently reflect different vantage points in Alma's life. Now, before I'll continue with this quote, um, we, we are referring to Alma the Younger, who obviously had a, a, a vision with an angel as he was going about persecuting the church. And um, you can see through his uh, different accounts that his not only does time change, and so and, and he's also telling this account to different people, uh, but he's also teaching it as a more wise or more aware person. Uh, so we'll carry on with the quote. In Alma, quote, in Alma 27, sorry, Mosiah 27, Alma is a young man sponta spontaneously overwhelmed by the power of the angel and terrified by the prospects of the day of judgment. Later in Alma's life, it is clear that the older man has faithfully and successfully served his Lord and his people all the rest of his days, so that he now emphasizes his longing to be present with God. Close quote. Now, this is interesting. It's not that the, the account changes or that the peep or that the people in those accounts have different experiences or are making things up is that the people that are within those experiences change and develop over time and therefore have different views philosophies and kind of feelings on what has happened you can, uh, and alma is a great example if you read in the book of mormon about alma's conversion it is fascinating to see the difference between the alma where he's where it's being taught where he's kind of giving his responses in the moment and he's terrified of that judgment as was referred to but then when he talks about his experience in Alma 36 to his son um, it's a much more positive and grateful Alma that we hear uh, and you and you can see that that is different in that sense not because the the account didn't happen or the event didn't happen but because he is just different um, he is a different person at that time um, now if we have a look I'm going to share this in the show notes as well there is a great infographic about Joseph Smith's first vision accounts. Uh, there are four accounts referred to here, one in 1835, sorry, 1832, one in 1835, one in 1838, and one in 1842. And um, if you look, in all, in, there's, there's some different things in these accounts that are not referred to in others. So, for example, in 1835, Joseph Smith actually states that he sees many angels in this vision, and he doesn't mention that in any of the other ones. Uh, in the 1832 and 1835, he tells him, he, he states there that he's concerned about his soul and that Christ tells Joseph that his sins are forgiven, whereas he doesn't mention that in the 1838 and 1842. Now, if I remember right, one of the 1838 and the, or 1842 ones was a letter to a publication or a, or a newspaper about the church. Now, 
you know, I think Joseph Smith will have been well aware that they will not be as interested in his own soul uh, as, you know, as he was. And so why would he talk about that in those accounts? It wouldn't be necessary. Similar to how um, Saul, uh, sorry, Paul, I'm sorry, I was, re I was reading Saul, Saul, where Paul doesn't refer to the whole experience of losing his sight and Ananias to King Agrippa. It just wasn't relevant at that point. Uh, very similar uh, with that. Interestingly, in 1835 and the 1838 accounts, they refer to the presence of Satan, but they don't in the 1832 one. Perhaps Joseph has developed and grown in his spiritual maturity to understand at that point when he felt that he couldn't speak, it was actually the adversary raving against him. And perhaps in the 1842 account of the letter, again, he didn't feel it was as necessary to refer to that. Um, and then in the 1838 and 1842 accounts, um, he refers to the fact that Christ tells Joseph that the churches are wrong, where he doesn't mention that beforehand. And there'll be many reasons for that, I'm sure. But interestingly, with all four accounts, there are very specific things which are ring, that ring true for all of them. That Joseph has questions about religion, that Joseph searches the scriptures, and that Joseph speaks for the Lord. Um, and so I'll, I'll post that in the show notes. It's quite an interesting thing to study. But really, what I would get you to do is to look at the Gospel Topics essay, because when you read that, uh, it's, it kind of brings all of those differences out and makes them very clear. Um, again, not necessarily because stuff was made up or because it didn't happen, but simply because they were told to different audiences over the times that they were told, uh, because Joseph Smith grew and developed in his understanding and knowledge as he went through his years and therefore be probably understood things differently uh, and understood things better uh, as he grew up. Uh, and, because, and because simply, I don't know about you, but when I tell a story, I sometimes miss things out because of my information my fallibility as a storyteller I just forget stuff and then I remember when my wife reminds me or something like that oh you forgot that bit it's like oh yes of course I forgot that bit that's really important to the story um so you know we we need to remember that as we study these these accounts that actually the fact that there are slight deviations between them probably indicates just how true they are it I would be a bit and I think I mean I'd, I'd need to look this up I remember in the Book of Mormon, in the, um, sorry, in the Interpreter podcast this week about Paul, there is usually a more of an issue when people are trying to investigate um, kind of crime scenes or, you know, things that have happened. When there is a witness that tells the same story over and over and over again without deviation from any details, usually law enforcement take that as a bit more of a reason to, to doubt what that person is saying. Whereas if there is slight deviations or slight things missed out, it's more likely that that person has actually gone through that event. Anyway, that was a, it's been really interesting studying this. So I would recommend you carry on that study uh, in the two things that I mentioned, the Gospel Topics essay and the Book of Mormon Central article about the first vision. Uh, if there's anything else that you've studied, please do share with me at Roberts 90 I'd love to hear what you've been studying. And until we meet again.